You are listening to We Woke Up Like This. I'm Reverend Joya. And I'm Reverend Celia. And we We are loyal to loving and supporting soul awakening in every human being. On this episode of We Woke Up Like This... We were so fortunate to get to interview Dr. Roland McCready of the HeartMath Institute, talking all about what it means to raise your vibration. Enjoy the show. Well, hello, everyone. I am Joya here. And I'm Celia. (laughs) And we are so excited to have with us today Dr. Roland McCready from the HeartMath Institute. Welcome, welcome. My pleasure. Great to be here. So thank you for joining us. Oh, my gosh. Well, well, first of all, we're super excited to be able to um, collaborate and partner with HeartMath Institute for the Vibrazer event in January. And so we thought it'd be a super fun conversation to have with you since the whole theme of that and the idea of that is about raising the vibration to have a conversation with you about what that actually means. And is that a scientific term or is it just something totally woo-woo that people make up? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot i know (laughs) no i mean it's um you mean talking about the term vibration we we can start there if you want yeah what vibration is well okay so i mean obviously vibration if we keep the scientific definition is the waves moving right vibrating whether it's sound waves or waves traveling through water or radio waves those are all vibrations and and have frequencies. Um, What we're really talking about here, though, in terms of, as I understand it, vibrator kind of event that you're having is raising the vibration of consciousness. Right. Yes. That's a different kind of animal in that we can't um, currently, or I won't say we can't yet um, stick a probe out here and measure someone's, the vibration of someone's consciousness. So, I uh, wish we could. That's uh, kind of the holy grail that a lot of us in, in the fields that I work in wish we had. However, we intuitively and experientially know that our, our vibration or the consciousness of our, our vibration or the level of our consciousness can and does modulate up and down. And that's really what we're trying to raise at a global global scale. And that's certainly what our work is on the Global uh, Coherence Initiative is all about. So I talk about it, um, raising our vibration. And one of the ways that uh, we actually used it, are starting to use that term in our own training programs, um, raising our vibration. Um, and it's a, a bit of a tricky one because people want to know, well, what are you measuring? What's vibrating? Well, we're talking about our consciousness. And the way that's often manifest is you can think of it as the quality of our thoughts, emotions, and attitudes. Yes, yes. You know, when we're in a higher vibrational attitude or emotion, it's where we tend to be more kind, compassionate caring, right? Collaborative, um, list, deeper listening, feel more connected to people. So we, we can ma- actually measure the outcomes, if you will, of being in a higher vibration and how that affects our own body and physiology, but also in terms of synchronization between people, literally. Now, that's something we can measure so that when people are in a higher vibration of, of their consciousness, that does have very real and measurable consequences. 
just hoping hope this is making sense. Yeah, so. it does. Mm-hmm. It completely does. And my question with that is, do you <laughs> feel that um, this measurement that happens, this resonance that happens between people, this coherent field, would that be the same as uh, well, like when pendulums come into swinging together in motion that people not, that, not necessarily. So now, what is the difference? So well, when we t- that's entrainment that you're talking about, and so. C- Coherence, which we use a lot, is a big term, right? I mean, it, it's like a big umbrella, umbrella term. It, it, there's a lot of things that it embraces. So let's just start there. That in, in, we use the word coherence to talk usually. With, and coherence is a term used in all branches of science, you know, from the micro to the macro to the to the universe, right? It's all a coherent wholeness. So coherence is a, in science is a term that we use to describe the behavior or the coordinated behavior, I should say, of the parts of a larger complex system. How well are all the parts working together, right? And to, it, to be in a coherent, stable system. Um, if you think about a living system like us, right, there has to be a coherent alignment and synchronization across many levels of scale. In fact, it's two thirds of the known 73 octaves of the electromagnetic spectrum that have to be synchronized and coordinated and all the way from the cells to the organs to the body. So the reason I say it's not quite like entrainment, let's take the body. We've got all the different systems in the body. You've got the heart, the liver, the lungs, all doing, all apparently doing different things at different times at different rates and rhythms, right? So they're not all doing the same thing at the same time, like pendulum swinging together, yet they're perfectly coordinated in a greater wholeness. All right. And I know Celia had a question. No, actually, what was beautiful about it, it was the unfoldment was completely natural because I was going to ask about coming into coherence and and the variables that happen within that and and what it looks like when we're all flowing together in that state and that you went into the body consciousness. Well, I'm curious if you in your work um, have since you study coherence and you study the field coherence of people and heart coherence of people. So going back to entrainment, right? So if someone has a higher vibration and they raise their state of consciousness, yeah. do you find that their that, that them being their own coherent field has an effect on people around them? Can one person affect the coherence of people around them? Yeah. Great question. And the answer is yes. The, let's give a little bit of the mechanisms now. Um, so as it turns out, one of the, best ways of measuring how coherent we are in terms of our inner physiology and how in literally in sync the activity in our brain and nervous system is, is heart coherence or heart rate variability. So that's reflected in the sine wave patterns in, in the HRV or the heart rhythm. Uh, and when we're feeling things like frustration or lower vibrational emotions and attitudes, that's reflected in a, a, a chaotic or erratic looking HRV pattern or heart rhythm pattern, which is reflecting however when we're feeling things like frustration and anxiety and so on that it is reflected in a what we call an incoherent or a chaotic looking heart rate heart rate variability or heart rhythm pattern and that's reflecting literal desynchronization in our brain and nervous system right so now you're asking the question well how does that affect others well the heart also um not not only does it send more information to the brain in terms of our body but every time it beats, we create a magnetic field. 
So when we put electrodes on the body to measure the electrocardiogram, right? We're measuring electricity, basically, the flow of electrical current. Whenever we have a flow of current, you create a magnetic field. But the electrodes don't see that. They don't measure that. That's a different device called a magnetometer. Now, one of the one of the qualities of magnetic fields is they go through things. This is why our cell phones work indoors. Right. Right. Is the, so we're using the magnetic field or the electromagnetic field. There's both, but it's the magnetic component that goes through the walls to carry the information. Well, we work the same way, or I would actually say the technology works the same way as we do. <laughs> I actually think most of the technology is really mirroring stuff that nature has already invented. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, how do I know this? Well, we can put a sensor out here, magnetometer, and measure it. So this is not some theory, right? The, the heart radiates a magnetic field, and we can decode the information that's being carried by that field. We've done this all published, right? Um, if you want the science of it. So that it's very clear that we we have different informational patterns that we are broadcasting. So what we're feeling inside doesn't stop at the skin. We are literally broadcasting uh, emotional information, probably much more, but for sure, emotional information. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. But so what, uh, to your question that the, so the next step in our work is going back to the nineties <laughs> a long time ago, actually awesome. was that, okay. So does our, are we also receivers, not just broadcasters? Right. And that was actually pretty easy to show. Um, in fact, I was surprised that others hadn't done it before. It was really, that wasn't that hard. Um, so yes, there's the answer to that. Uh, we are, our nervous systems, I believe it's our nervous systems are like giant antennas, if you will, that are specifically tuned to other biologically generated fields, kind of windows in a way there. Uh, so a number of studies have been done now that show that when we're in a coherent state, that that actually does have a measurable effect on others, helps lift them into a more coherent state. Now, if you're really pissed off and angry and going to stay incoherent, it's not like some magic bullet that's going to suddenly change you. Right. But it creates a field environment that makes it easier for people to find their own center to kind of regain their balance and, and so on. So. Yeah. And I think that that's the um, what you just described is I is what I think people interpret as feeling your vibration, feeling your vibes. Well, right. I mean, we all know this in a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. May not know the science of it, but it's in our language. Yeah. Right. Yeah. God, the tension was so thick in the room, you could cut it with a knife, right? Or God, yeah. it felt good to be around so and so. And, you know, so we, we know this. And it was, you know, the 60s had it right. You know, they're good vibes and all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> That's coming back. I hear, you know, um, younger people using it all the time. They kind of get it because it's real. And we're just putting the science to it. So, haven't really invented anything new with that research, just giving science to and measurement of something that we, most people have already experienced. So I think that that's the question for me is with you know, going back to what Celia was saying about more and more people coming online, if you will, into their own heart coherent fields and really starting to get into alignment with um, you know, with all of the mindfulness that's gone mainstream, thank goodness, and, you know, breath work that's gone mainstream and all of these um, heart, mind, body um, exercises and coherencies that are going on, that that the more and more people that come into coherent with them, coherence with themselves, do you feel, in your professional opinion, that that helps to literally change the field of consciousness in the world if enough people are doing this? Well, yeah, and that's why we do what we do. 
Um, that's why 15 years ago, we created the, the Global Coherence Initiative and, and our, that, the new home for the Global Consciousness Project now as well and, and some of the other stuff we're doing. So the you know, if we click on that for a second, the Global Coherence Initiative, um, it's exactly what the hypothesis, I'll call it the high, one of the high-level hypotheses there is, is that we are coupled with the Earth's fields so mm-hmm. that then. So to do science, we have to measure things. So we've installed a um, global network of magnetometers. Now, now this is different magnetometers than we measure heartbeats with, you know, or fields from people. Mm-hmm. These are magnetometers that are specifically designed to measure the resonant frequencies in the Earth's field. Um, so they, we have these all around the, the Earth now. Um, the big, I wish we didn't have to do this ourselves. It's a very expensive and time-consuming thing to do. But so we've got these sites now, and one here in California where I am, and northern Canada, see Lithuania, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, New Zealand. I'm probably forgetting one somewhere. But anyway. You're measuring the Schumann resonance? Well, Schumann resonance is one, one thing. But um, the... So, okay, so if we, let's start with a geomagnetic field. Right. Uh, thank God we have, the Earth has a geomagnetic field. Uh, most people know what we were talking about there. The North Pole, South Pole, right? The, what our compasses tune into. And that's basically what you can think of as a static, pure static, static magnetic field. Kind of like a magnet you stick on your refrigerator. Right. right? Stabilizer. Um, and it protects the Earth without just the, that field of the earth earth would turn into mars very quickly it's mm. what protects us from the solar wind blowing the atmosphere away and all the water and everything it would be not good <laughs> if we didn't have <laughs> the magnetic field uh, life as we know it could not exist certainly the but here's the uh the thing but then uh, i'm actually i used to be a communication engineer that was my previous career a long long time ago motorola and all that and even then i didn't learn what i'm about to tell you uh, this was kind of later in the career, but you can magnetic field lines. Well, let's, let's back up a little bit. I don't know if I get too far ahead of myself, let's time travel back to science class. Okay. Back when we were in high school. And, <laughs> I think, right. <laughs> gotcha. okay, so remember you got to dump iron filings on a glass plate. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And about everybody gets a little magnet. To move. Yeah, you have a fun, you move the magnet around yeah. and right. And you watch them go. So you, you, what you're visualized there is the shape of the field, whether it's a bar magnet or a horseshoe or whatever you got to play with, right? Right. Remember that those iron filings lined up in parallel lines. Yes, I do remember that. Yes. Not, not just a blob of stuff showing you the shape wow. of the field. Right. So that then that simple little you know experiment that's done in you know probably middle schools now I don't know mm-hmm. all around the world. Not only are you seeing the shape of the field, but you're also visualizing what are called magnetic field lines. That's those parallel lines, right, that are lining up. Well, you can pluck them. Here's the thing I didn't know until much later. Uh, magnetic field lines can act just like guitar strings. Whoa. They sound. Wow. You pluck them and they vibrate. Wow. Okay. Now, just like in our guitar or any stringed instrument, as far as that goes, uh, the length of the string and the tension determines its Octave. Yeah. Well, note. It's vibration. It's vibrating the frequency that it vibrates at. Exactly. It's natural resonant frequency. Right. You mm-hmm. pluck it. Okay, well, guess what? The magnetic field lines of Earth are the same way. Now, what's plucking the field lines is the solar wind. 
Gotcha. The earth was turning and solar winds rushing by and the field lines were vibrating. There's a great visual of this, by the way, that yeah. NASA produced. Uh, if we had, um, you can actually see it from space, those satellites that are watching the field. I'll find it. Drop it in. <laughs> Drop it in here so people can but see. The um, magnetic field lines, um, one of the natural resonant frequencies is a frequency of 0.1 hertz in frequency language. Okay. Same frequency as our heart rhythms uh, when we're in, especially when we're in a coherent rhythm. It's that low. Yeah, it's point zero point one hertz. Wow, it's very okay. So, so you can't you that. can't hear it. Wow, well, no, it's, but oh no, it's way below automatic. Yeah. That would be what a, what a nightmare that would be if we were. I don't think I don't hear it. Like <laughs> <laughs> you asked. So basically, what I'm saying is one of the one of the larger magnetic field rhythms vibrations of Earth is the the this the field lines resonating which is the same as our, and there's a whole range of these frequencies that of field line resonances, as they're called. And they all, they, all of them overlap human autonomic and heart cardiovascular system rhythms. Wow. Wow. The primary one is the first one is 0.1 hertz, 0.1 hertz, which is our same exact, almost exactly the same rhythm as our, our rhythm when we're in a coherent state. Okay. You asked about Schumann resonances. So that they're much weaker, magnetically speaking, but that's okay. a, not to be confused with field line resonances. It's different. They're yep. a completely different mechanism. Yep. And these are magnetic waves also that are traveling around the surface of the earth that are basically trapped between the surface of the earth and the bottom of the ionosphere. And if you're not familiar with the ionosphere for those listeners, think of that as a big soap bubble around the planet. I love that. That's a good analogy. Because it, it is. It's like a soap bubble. That's that's a layer of highly ionized gases. That's yeah. ionized. It's what's called the ionosphere. But it's ionized to the point that it becomes what's called the plasma. Uh, fourth state of matter in physics, plasma is. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the properties of the ionosphere, of this plasma, is that it's like a mirror to magnetic waves. So that's how... And this is how, uh, if you know, ham radio operators. Yes, yes, the way, yes. The way that works is you send up your radio signal and you hit the, it bounces off of the ionosphere. Right? That's how people in the United States are talking to people in England or China. Yeah. You get a second bounce and now you're talking to people in Australia and New Zealand and places South Africa and so on. They live for that. That's, a, you know. Totally, yes. <laughs> trade cards and all that's fun. So, but, um, so here's the, the key thing though, the, the geometry is what's critical here of this cavity, Earth's, Earth's ionosphere cavity. So with the magnetic waves that have the right wavelength to fit coherently, they, they start amplifying themselves. Mm-hmm. And those that don't dissipate very quickly. Okay. It's like dropping pebbles into a pond. Yes. At the right rate, right? You get, they amplify and you get nice big continuous yes. waves. If you drop them in incoherently at the wrong rhythm, you get a, kind of a mess, right, of interfering yeah. waves. Same thing. So the first the frequency, there's eight Schumann resonances. And by the Schumann, just, it was a mathematician, um, Alfred Otto Schumann, a German mathematician who predicted these had to exist mathematically. So they got named after him. That's uh, where that comes from. But anyway, there's eight of them. And a lot of people these days are talking about Schumann resonances that really don't know what they're talking about. Um, so, our, yes, our global system measures all this stuff, Schumann resonances and the field line resonances and the whole spectrum. So the first Schumann resonance is 7.83 hertz. Right. 
And that these weren't experimentally measured, uh, were first measured experimentally in late 1959, early 1960. Okay, so it was immediately seen that 7.8 hertz, that's the same as human brain waves, right? Kind of that point right between theta and alpha. But there's eight of them. And even the, some of the other higher harmonics are even higher amplitude than the first one. But people don't think about those or even know they exist. There's actually eight of them. Uh, it, and how, but they all overlap with human brainwave frequencies. So are the eight, I didn't know that there were eight of them. I knew that it fluctuated, but I didn't. So is, are the fluctuations? They actually don't fluctuate. So it's, it's continually Continuous. the same. The well, they, they, well, they'll move. There's a half hertz day-night difference. Okay. And if like if you have a solar storm or something and the ionosphere changes, you know, that it compresses the ionosphere or, yeah, they'll change a little bit. But as soon as things settle back down, they go right back into their normal mode. So I don't so want to make it sound like pure sine waves. They're not, but they're. Okay. So are they running all at the same time then? Well, yeah, of course. Okay. Just, yeah. to, just making sure I understood. Yeah. So my That's question then is if there's a disruption in that field, then Everything there'd be a disruption in the human field. Well, yeah. Of course. Yes. Um, so basically what I'm the picture I'm painting here, and this is very relevant to your event, right. And raising planetary yeah. consciousness is that the two primary magnetic rhythms of earth are, overlap our physiology and, and most animals as well, by the way, and we all seem to have that these same rhythms so back to science class tuning forks now this is i know you guys are musicians so you know what i'm talking about here the two tuning (laughs) you've got two of them the same frequency right you tap the other will vibrate or any guitars or any frequency right so what that's actually demonstrating when you do that is called resonant coupling yes you can transfer energy and information between systems that vibrate or oscillate at the same frequency so that's like singing when we sing a note and it hits the bowl, the bowl starts. Right, exactly. Yes. Exactly. So you're using, in that case, air molecules to transfer the energy between your voice and the bowl or the or the tuning forks or whatever, right? Thank so you. we have the basic physics for understanding how energy and information transfers between systems that vibrate at the same frequency. All right, now with magnetics, you don't need the air molecules. Okay. Right? Right. So it doesn't carry through. It doesn't travel through the air. It's well, it travels through space. Right. right. But not as a sound wave or as an air. On right. the air. Yeah. But it's still a vibration. Right. Right. I mean, radio waves work in space. Correct. Right? Obviously. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, in fact, that's how cell phones work. If you think about it or any radio, I'm an old guy. So I remember back when we used to have to turn knobs on radios. I remember that. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. What, <laughs> well, what you're doing is you're literally changing the capacitor in there to tune the receiver to the frequency of interest. Right. So if you think about it around you right now or anybody listening, how many of these invisible magnetic waves are vibrating around us? Yes. I think about that all the time. (laughs) All the cell phone conversations and TVs and radios, right? But the point is when you tune or in the modern days, we don't have to turn knobs on the phone. It's then it did. We do it a different way. But it's still the same thing. You're tuning to the frequency of interest. So you're changing the resonance of the receiver. And as soon as you do that, voila, there's your energy and information that you're now listening to your radio station or having your phone conversation or whatever. So basically, I'm, what I'm saying here is we work the same way. And you have measuring devices around the world that are... Well, it's measuring the, the resonances of the Earth's fields. 
And we've done lots of studies of measuring people, right, for long periods. We're, we're little recorders that record your heart rate variability, in this case, for day of 24-7. For, it's one, one study, five months. Wow. So looking at the relationship between the energetic environment and our physiology. Well, um, I love that. All right. So basically what I'm saying is that we can transfer energy and information both ways. Yes. Because it makes sense that it would have to go both ways. If it can come in, then we must have an effect on yeah. that. Yeah. Right. So we're feeding information into the field. So the fields are the carriers. We're not changing the field, right? Correct. Exactly. Modulating the field. So that's a uh, kind of that central hypothesis of the Global um, Coherence Initiative. Yeah. That it, so think of it like a giant biofeedback system between humanity and the earth. Which is why we're so excited yeah. to be able to to work with HeartMath and to have everybody logging in and doing this at the same time to see if there's a measurable, <laughs> yeah, just to see that measurable field and what happens. And okay, so what I'm curious about now is I was listening to you on another show and you had said how um, when you establish a field of coherence with people that it lasts for days after you leave those people. Uh I think you're referring to a well, actually one of the studies I was just referring to that was called the International HRV Synchronization Study. Okay. And this is where we a follow up, a larger follow up study to um, an initial smaller study that was done in California. Well, participants in California. I'll just tell you the story here uh, where we were in the recorders that record your HRV, your heart rate variability for 24 hours a day for, in this case, for 30 days straight. Um, now, some of these participants were in the southern part of the state. I mean, literally, way down south, you know, um, some central here where I am, some in northern California. It's going about your normal days wearing these devices. Most of them didn't even know each other. And the original purpose was to ask the question, okay, are we influenced by the, the field, the Earth's fields and solar fields and things like this? And yes, we, we are. Um, but that, and that's all published for those that want all that, but the, Surprise came when we, so the recorders are time synchronized. You have clocks in them, right? So that we time lined up the heart rate variability data for this group of people and just averaged it together. Not even sure why we did it in hindsight, but we did. Yeah, expecting kind of a noisy, nothing. In other words, why in the world would the beat to beat change in my heart rate have anything to do with yours? You know, say in Phoenix, thousands, well, many hundreds of miles away, and we're probably a thousand miles apart. Um, but that's not what we found. We actually found that the heart rhythms of this group of people were synchronized at a, at a low frequency rhythm. So a lot of new findings came out of that initial little study. Um, now, that was kind of amazing, you know, and surprising. And we actually spent quite a few weeks, months trying to make it go away. <laughs> Why? So well, what is because, well, just to be really confident. I mean, it was this is too out there in a way. Well, just to make sure our data, we didn't have a mistake or something. You gotcha. know, but the, the, we're pretty rigorous. We don't like to publish things that aren't right or that we have to retract or something. So we're pretty pretty anal about that actually. Then uh, realized it's almost embarrassing to admit this. One of our own hypotheses is, was the answer, and that. The reason that people were synchronized together is because they were synchronizing to some other bigger signal that they're all exposed to. 
the rhythms in the Earth's magnetic field. Right. right. So the field is having an effect on everybody. Yeah. You actually plot, you know, you can overlay the power of the resonant frequencies with the HRV. It's like, wow, there it is. Boom, boom. Exact matches. Well, I won't say exact, a little bit of phase shifts, but it, exact same frequency. And, and you can just see it in the data, in the raw data even. So that indicated that we are synchronized with the earth at a much deeper level than what I would have ever thought we'd be able to actually see in this kind of data. Um, so that's what led to the larger study mm-hmm. of groups of 20 people in five countries. So over well over a hundred people, that was the international study that you're, you're actually referring to. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of that one, it's very similar, just on a much larger scale, right? In groups of in New Zealand and Saudi Arabia and Lithuania and California and so on. The we had them we organized a time that we could all all the participants did a what's called a heart lock in. It's one of the heart math techniques where you get coherent and really lock into that state for, for 15 minutes in this case, and radiating love and appreciation to each all the other participants in the group and to the earth, the earth's field, to so raise the vibration of the field, like similar to what you're doing in your event. Now, we it means we we're measuring the magnetic field and the people at the same time. So this is the result that you're referring to as we were looking at how, and at the group level, how in sync were they with the earth's field. Okay. Now, on that day that they did the heart lock-in, the synchronization the, the group average synchronization with the field was just jumped way up i mean it was significantly greater so in other words just being in that coherent our personal coherent state for 15 minutes increased the synchronization with the earth's field that had a carryover effect that lasted 24 hours wow that's amazing so, so another and we also looked at the synchronization amongst the people in the groups you know their heart to heart synchronization that also significantly increased I think in most groups, all the groups were more in sync with the earth. But uh, mm-hmm. so being coherent, kind of the definition, increases our own personal coherence and our alignment with our larger self. I'd like to say it that way, you know, and all our parts working together more coherently and more energy efficiently. It also increased the synchronization with the others in the group and with the earth. So beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, my heart is like, I can feel it <laughs> as you're talking about it. Yeah. And it seems like this is how this is a tool. This is a path to create more unity in communities coming and into belonging. Heart and belonging. Yeah. Yes. And like we are connected. Yeah. In, we are. Yeah. Yeah. And right. so information is shared right within yes. the field. So in events like yours, that this is the kind of data I think that supports, well, why is it beneficial to get more coherent while we're doing these kind of global events, right? We put a stronger coherent signal into the field environment, which then helps lift others who are ready, right? Exactly. Uh, yes, exactly. Who are ready. Well, and that's the idea. So that, I mean, yeah. when I, when I first had this vision of it and it was really that feeling of feeling like if like exactly what you said feeling that feeling when you walk into a room that you can sense and pick up the energy of the people in the room that's going on that if you had a large group of people doing this that that energy is kind of a a energy that washes over people and they will feel better even though they don't know why or they weren't there participating 
Yeah, yeah. So there's there's an amplification effect when we do this. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. But um, it's just taking like the local experiments, which uh, have been done numerous times, show that when we're coherent, that it has can have a lifting effect on others in our local field environment. We're just taking it to the global scale now. Yes. And same same thing. Have there been studies? I've read. I think I read somewhere, and I can't remember if it was for through HeartMath or not. But there that there were studies that when people were in large groups of coherence, that there was less crime and less things like that. Uh, yeah, that wasn't HeartMath. Uh, a lot of those were uh, several groups have done it, but most people refer to the um, TM groups. That, oh, oh, that's what it is. It's transcendental meditation groups. Yeah, yeah. Um, that showed reduced crime rate in various cities, and I think Israel, Palestine areas, and things as well over the years. Um, it's fascinating. They're great. I mean, these are all studies that kind of indicate that when we raise our vibration, I mean, what they didn't have is a mechanism, right, for those kind of studies. Uh, what we're adding, though, is some plausible ways that this could actually work. So for our event, what are things that people can do to participate to work it within this field coherence that we're creating? Yeah. Well, I would say that kind of one of the sayings around heart math here is that uh, love is never wasted. Mm, I love that. You know, so um, adding love to proceed with love, add love to anything and everything we do. But in this case, uh, I can also say studies we did way back in the 90s that intention is important. Yes. And as is coherence. So coherent intention is even better. So when we are, especially when we come together, um, in a group to with, with a shared intention to, in this case, raise the vibration, the consciousness vibration of ourselves and the planet. Uh, so having that, I, I think, intention, but really radiating love, not just thinking about it, you know, care, appreciation, love, any of those is what lifts the field. It increases, also increases our own coherence. But that's associated with raising our vibration, right, as I talked about earlier on. And getting coherent. Um, and coherence is something that we can't assume necessarily. Um, this is where we, why we develop things like the global coherence app, which I, I think you're going to use as well. Yeah, we are. Yes, we are. You don't have to use the app, but it, it certainly helps. Um, so I would encourage the um, participants to use it simply because it gives a couple things. One, it gives us a measurement of the, the group's coherence and yeah. what we're feeding the field. Um, but it also can help facilitate us get actually really getting into coherence. We can see it and measure it and practice it. Um, and it's good to practice before the event. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're doing that already. Practice, practice every day. You know what I mean? But it's hard, when you're going to an event, it's good to already kind of know what coherence is and feels like. Right. Yes. So I do have one more question that I thought of, and that's with the, you know, being able to measure the electromagnetic field of somebody, of a person. If a person is in greater coherence and just radiates love and joy and gratitude, can you measure the difference in someone's field? Does somebody well, like that? You, Yes. That's what I was saying earlier. You can what you what the difference is though isn't the field. Like people want to sometimes say, well, is the field bigger? No. It's the information being carried by the field that's different. They're sending out more information from their body because they have What's the vibrational patterns? So, so think of it like this. You know, if um, I'm on my cell phone, right, yes. and I'm yelling at somebody and I'm really angry. Well, I don't make the field that the phone is using to communicate to the cell tower any stronger. 
but I've changed the information being carried by it mm-hmm. versus if I'm maybe saying, you know, telling my wife how much I love you and, you know, and saying kind things to help somebody. The fields, the, the, the power of the field isn't any different, but the information being carried by it is very different. And that's what we can measure is the information, okay. decoding the information. And I'm talking about the the measurement from a person's heart that you Me can too. Me too. Okay. Okay. So the, you, I'm right. using that as an analogy. It's the same thing. The field itself, it's not that it's going farther or getting stronger, but the information being carried by it. Okay. Gotcha. It's a carrier wave. More what coherent. I'm it's, a, it's a carrier. It's exactly. It's a carrier wave. So yeah. the vibrational information patterns change. More coherent vibrational patterns. Yeah. So, it's, oh, so that makes oh. sense. So it's less static and it's more there's easy no to understand. There's no static in the, yeah, in the exactly. line. So therefore there's more yeah. penetration. Beautiful. That's so yeah. cool. Uh, one of my sayings is coherence organizes noise. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. True. You know, so. Yes, it does. Organizes, organizes noise. noise. Ooh, there's I, a diamond. I dislike noise. So no wonder I just <laughs> Noise. Oh my gosh, do you have any more questions before we let him go about his wonderful no, Friday? I think um I don't think so. I don't. I I, I can there's a I have a lot of sensation running inside of She's me. very feeling. I am a very feeling being if she true. is, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh beautiful. I appreciate you so much for yeah. all of the information that you shared. It's been so beautiful and um I want to use the word wealthy, like, like abundant, abundant. And yes. Well, yeah. you're a wealth of knowledge and yes. experience and have been doing this for years. So thank you for sharing so freely. And you blessing know us. Thank you yeah. for doing your event and adding more love and light to the. To oh, the... I hope you'll come. Yes. Oh, that would be amazing. Like, so yeah. be beautiful. <laughs> come dance with us. <laughs> and I did already tell, forward your thing to Brian. So at some point we'll just need the information to put in a. It's got to be short because I think there's only 60 characters or something that announces the guy in a, an like, event in, our, in the app, within the app. Okay. It's I beautiful. could definitely write something like that. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We so appreciate your time and your wisdom and your knowledge. Well, take care. Hey, Joya here. I just re-listened to this interview and was doing some editing and I wanted to just say a little bit more about the end of this conversation about the auric field or the electromagnetic energy field that we put out and the information that we're putting out into the field. When I listen to this again right now, I could really see it and feel it so visually exactly what he's talking about. And it's this information field that we're living in, it's almost like a container, right? That it's got, it can imprint data onto this field, onto this container. The field just is, and it's, it both contains information and we imprint information onto this field. So the field just is. So when we are in coherence, in alignment with our vibrational energy, we can put out positive energy, positive information into this informational field versus when we're out of coherent and we're discordant and we're uh, putting out noise into the field that there are people who also put out noise into this field. So the field is impersonal. It's neutral. It doesn't care what is put into it. It's just the carrier. It's the, it's the information uh, field. So this is the importance of managing our own vibration and managing our own energy so that we are knowing that the information and the information is coming from our vibration, not just our words, but also our feeling vibration 
that we are constantly imprinting this field and writing data on it, which is why it's so important to manage your own vibration. So I just wanted to contribute that little bit in there of understanding in a way that I really saw and got it with what he was talking about. And I hope that was helpful to you. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope we see you at Vibrazer. Thank you for listening to We Woke Up Like This. If you enjoyed this content, please like, share, and subscribe and leave a review on our website, wewokeuplikethis.com. And we invite you to come activate the world with us at our inaugural event, Vibrazer. Our mission is one billion voices raising the vibration of the planet to love. And our vision is to create a cosmic wave of love that ripples around the world and out into the cosmos. Your voice and your energy matter. Come participate in this divinely inspired event that is part ceremony, part concert, part dance, all joyful and fun. It is 122.23 in Mesa, Arizona, and you can find tickets at vibrazer.com. And this first event is featuring the amazingly talented Ma Muse and for our conscious dance party, DJ Taz Rashid. See See you there. there. Thanks for listening. Bye.